Hello there and welcome to Bringing Out Their Best, the podcast for teachers of dance, drama and music. My name is Sarah Marshall from Performing Arts PD. Each week I will bring you a snippet of research or an interview with another performing arts educator to energise and inspire you for your working week. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the Aora Nation on which I live and work. I pay my respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past and present. To begin, let's start with our first topic, which is performance anxiety, the first step. Have you ever had sweaty palms, shaking legs, a stomach that has moved well beyond butterflies and is now a swarm of eels? I'm guessing you have. I'm also guessing you know it's extremely common in the performing arts across dance, drama and music performers and students. What you may not know is that recent studies have linked performance anxiety to other disabling issues, such as eating disorders, musculoskeletal injuries, skin irritations and learning difficulties, to name a few. Yet managing performance anxiety in our students is not commonly addressed by the curriculum. So today we're going to discuss the first steps you can take as a teacher to assist your students to manage their performance anxiety. First things first. Performance anxiety is a specific type of anxiety that is triggered by the circumstances around giving a performance in front of others Unlike more pervasive anxiety disorders such as generalised anxiety disorder, panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder or social anxiety disorder, performance anxiety subsides when the triggers of public performance are no longer present. This means that an individual with performance anxiety may not experience undue anxiety in their day-to-day life but can suffer anxiety symptoms which lead to poorer performance when presenting in front of others. So, Performance Anxiety 101, what is it exactly? We've all heard of the fight or flight response, but what does that actually mean? Whenever we stand up in front of others, a primitive part of our brain, the amygdala, decides we are in danger triggering the fight-or-flight response to ensure our survival. It begins with biological responses to the stress hormones adrenaline and cortisol being released into our bloodstream. These biological responses begin with our heart and breathing rates increasing to rapidly oxygenate muscles for fleeing or fighting. I'm sure we've all stood backstage feeling like our hearts are thumping so hard they might jump out of our chests. Our pupils dilate so as to be alert to threats from any direction. Blood flow preferences major muscle groups such as legs and arms so they're ready to punch, kick or run. The digestive system shuts down as it is unnecessary for escaping or defending. An increased glucose release in the brain triggers quicker thinking for prompt responses to threats. As a result of these biological responses, A variety of behavioural responses are experienced by us. These responses vary from person to person and are experienced with differing levels of severity. They can include 
tingling in the extremities and difficulty moving fingers and toes, a dry mouth, butterflies in the tummy, nausea or even vomiting, excessive going to the toilet, over-breathing and hyperventilating, intrusive thoughts often prompting cycles of negative thinking focusing on potential threats, be they real or imagined, shaking legs, difficulty in focusing vision, sweaty palms and excessive perspiration. On their own, these responses can be unnerving and provoke a greater sense of danger, which in turn prompts the additional release of stress hormones, which further exacerbates the biological and behavioural responses. But aha, at last we get a choice. This is where we get to choose. We get to choose our cognitive response. We decide how we perceive the biological and behavioural changes that we are experiencing. If we perceive these responses as threats to our ability to perform well, we inadvertently reinforce the stress triggers and perpetuate the cycle, resulting in ever-increasing amounts of stress hormones circulating the bloodstream, exacerbating the severity of our biological and behavioural responses. Although our negative cognitive responses are often ingrained with practice, they can be changed. Imagine if instead of seeing these responses as debilitating, what if we reframed them as our body getting ready for us to do something extraordinary, preparing itself to take on a challenge and succeed? I remember standing backstage early in my career, feeling really sick and just wanting to turn and run, when I turned to my accompanist instead and asked hopefully, this is going to be fun, isn't it? I still don't know why I asked this question, but his response changed everything for me. He said, yes, it is. Immediately, I began to notice the feelings of nervousness being replaced by feelings of excitement. What a glorious change. I'm sure we have all experienced something similar or a time on stage when something went horribly wrong and by some miracle we were able to think of something to do that covered the mistake and allowed the show to go on. This was due to the extra glucose in your brain allowing for super fast thinking. Heightened awareness of threats can allow you to prepare for and overcome potential problems before they happen. A slower digestive system means we won't feel hungry or thirsty whilst performing. The increased oxygenation of muscles means we feel energised and activated, alert and ready to perform rather than lethargic or sleepy. When we perceive these responses as helpful to performance as opposed to problematic, our brain registers a threat reduction. This slows down stress hormone release meaning there will be less discomfort and you will begin to feel more in control. So, knowing this process, how would you integrate this into your students' performance practice? Have you ever considered asking your students to write down what they're thinking before a performance? And then perhaps asking them to write down alternative thought patterns to change their stress response? How would you integrate these ideas into your curricula so students remember facilitative ways of thinking when it counts? 
Perhaps you could share your expertise in the chat below. If you'd like to learn more evidence-based strategies to help your students manage their performance anxiety, head over to the Performing Arts PD website to check out our Performance Anxiety Basics course. I'm Sarah Marshall and I want to thank you for listening today. Next week's topic is perfectionism. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button now. I hope you have a great week helping your students to bring out their best.